<laughs> All right, and welcome back to Movie Time Machine. <laughs> Your holiday, holiday winter special. We're going through and giving you a top five list of something, something. This week, joining me is, of course, Jamie, James, and Casey. All the other stuff you already know. This week, Jamie's yep. bringing his top five horror movie influences. Oh, we're doing this right now. Just right now, yeah. I was surprised, too, when he started uh, throwing it out there. Also, can we clarify? No, horror movie experiences horror? or horror movie experiences? Horror? Oh, that's a different list. I have that, too. Okay, though. just okay, to good. There is a, well, we have the right <laughs> uh, I would say Frankenhooker. <laughs> <laughs> oh nice I, you brought them that, together that's what you did there checks all the boxes yeah chad you, you you released a whole episode on frank and hooker if i'm not mistaken yeah, terrible <laughs> not good. oh terrible you watched or... it too <laughs> oh the episode was terrible um yeah i have it on vhs Is it good? Does it hold up? Does Frankenhooker work? I don't have a way to watch it. No, I don't. I don't know. I think oh, it's maybe shit. on YouTube. Yeah. You watch for free, but no, I mean, it's. Uh, it's not. I mean. It's a thing. It's kind a of thing fun. that exists. I mean, yeah. The, and it's not on my list. I'll tell yeah, you. The best part is that it all starts when. um so it's like a husband and wife. The guy's an inventor. He 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 creates a uh, self mowing lawnmower, and it chops his wife up. And he has to put his wife back together, but he has to get spare parts from <laughs> prostitutes. <laughs> Hold on, but wait a second. He's on to something. Like we keep trying to figure out these self driving cars. Well, let's talk about the self driving lawnmower. I feel like that's much more sustainable. Like you just build an electric, you put in like the line for like an electric fence around your yard. So it knows the boundaries. And then you just let it go nuts like a Roomba. They already have those yeah, actually. They do. Well, I mean, yeah, I'm, they, I'm not there surprised, was, but yeah, they, I actually, the first time I saw one was when I was out in Cape Cod last summer, this like arboretum place that we went to, they had, I saw a couple of them. They almost look oh, like a, a yeah. body of like an electric lawnmower. But yeah, like, but without the handle. Interesting. I'll have to do a little bigger deep dive into that later. All right, continue. So uh, the electric lawnmower chopped up his wife. Yeah, something like he only had her head. So then he had to get the other body parts from. Uh... Oh, he made he made super crack and he gives super crack to prostitutes and then they explode and he takes their body parts parts and then uh he he creates he creates a new body for his wife and brings her back from the dead now is the body new and improved or is one boob bigger than the others and smaller than the others like yeah i think so just google frankenhooker and you'll see i don't know if i want to <laughs> no it's I mean, I'm just going to leave this up to my imagination. Yeah, it's not it's it's not uh, like a porn. It's not softcore. It's we'll see. I'll like see a, if it's on IMDb. Yeah. <laughs> is it called? Is it Frank and Hooker? No, Franken like Frankenberries, no. Frankenstein, Frankenhooker. Oh, I thought that I thought the man's name was Frank and then <laughs> Frankenhooker. My oh. name is Frank and her name is Hooker. Welcome why to did, Frankenhooker. Why did fake doctors always wear that big circle metal thing on their heads? It was a reflector, wasn't it? 
For light? Oh, for like light? Before we had LEDs? Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Science. Yeah, otherwise you'd probably have to wear like a giant car battery on your back and then plug in like some bulb that would probably burn your face off. <laughs> um, well, That's not as fun. No. <laughs> or fall off and burn your patient. <laughs> <laughs> a terrifying tale of sluts and bolts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hold on. A quote from Bill Murray on the cover. If you only see one movie this year, it should be Frank and Hooker, Bill Murray. No way. Yeah, That's there's funny. a there's a story behind that too. I I think it's like <laughs> like I don't think Bill Murray actually saw the movie. Like they just caught him on the street. <laughs> or he was like it definitely feels like something he would yeah, do or, as a favor. Or he was like there on like the production or on the set or something, but yeah. <laughs> I like the what is this? The Spanish version? Franken puta. <laughs> Sending it. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, okay, yeah, I got it. I get the idea. Yeah, I think the the tagline for it is. Uh, oh, it's great. What is it? There's the one that you just read, but I think there's another one. Maybe it was only on the VHS cover. Oh wait, Franken puta was real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hold on. You said the tagline? Um, Hold on. Uh, Her boobs seem to be the same size. So just in case anybody was curious. Um, According to INDB, the tagline is got any money? That can't be right. Oh, this on the the VHS that says want a date. Oh, yeah. So there's according to the IMDB, there's six taglines. So there's got got any money? She's hot. She's sexy. And she's satured to please. I'm going to satured to please. I'm not saying this right. S-U-T. Oh, sutured to please. I'm an (laughs) (laughs) Right. All right, Jamie. Let's 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 talk about your list tonight. Oh, no, we could do a whole Frankenhooker episode. Yeah, some assembly required. <laughs> okay, sorry. Anyways, uh, Jamie, what is on your actual list? What, what do you want to talk about here? Oh my god, I got to get this movie. I need Frank and Puta. Uh, <laughs> we get that Whoa. DVD Desperate? or the VHS? Aren't you married? No, I just you, you never have like odd pop culture obscurities. I don't know. I, I have a few of those. Um. Anyway, so my list is the top five most influential horror films. And that's a broad definition, I know. And if we fight about it, that's great, because that's the point of lists. Um, And if anyone disagrees, that's great, because that's the point of lists. So I guess what I was going for here is I was kind of thinking of um, films that kind of influenced subsequent films, either within the horror genre as a whole or the horror subgenre. I, you know, for example, I didn't put Exorcist on here, because... While it is one of the most influential horror films, it kind of is the it's like the jaws for, you know, possession or devil movies. You know, there's only one place you can go and it's Exorcist or Jaws. You can't really go further than that. So I I don't know if that makes sense, but that's kind of my rationale for excluding these. So um, my number one was Halloween 1978. Was that right? Halloween. Um, John Carpenter. For all the reasons, um, spawned a mega franchise that just ended this year. Um, I did see that Halloween ends 2022. 
the hardcore Halloween fans, I guess, hated it or were pretty split. I thought it was pretty good. Um, but I'm also not super precious about Michael Myers the way that some people are. But I think without Halloween, you don't get Friday the 13th. Actually, I know that for a fact. You don't get Nightmare on Elm Street. It's kind of inverting the genre. So that's why I picked Halloween number one. What do you guys feel about Halloween or slashers? Anything? I mean, I, it's great. That's the it's Halloween, man. It's the name of the holiday. It's the namesake. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, it should be on this Halloween. List. Halloween brought us the. That is true. <laughs> Didn't it? I don't know. Terrifying. I think so. Terrifying. I mean, and that's my point, kind of, because that's that's Friday the Thirteenth, but that doesn't exist without, you know. Halloween and Michael Myers. Hey, so you know me. I'm not a big horror fan, but uh, I'll tell you this. When I was a kid, I was kind of into some of it, and uh, the Halloween movies, especially the original ones, were definitely some of the few that were the ones that I enjoyed and I thought uh, kind of defined the genre. So I think Halloween definitely, does, the originals especially. It, you know, every genre can go off in its own kind of crazy, weird <laughs> branches and things like that, but uh, I think some of those original Halloweens are solid classics i would agree i think that uh you know a lot of people think man i should really write a christmas song like an about a boy and live off those royalties no one ever thinks about halloween in the horror movie genre and like if you just make something good you can just create this franchise off of this like i bet like halloween hold on let's look it up here halloween costs how much to make the budget was three three hundred thousand three uh three hundred twenty five thousand dollars or whatever and uh, gross $47 million. Like, come on. And then it became a franchise after that. Not to mention, the uh, John Carpenter, he wrote, directed it. And then also, fun fact, he scored the first Halloween movie. So the... <laughs> that was all by the director, man. Yeah, John nice? Carpenter scored a lot of his films. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. no, this uh, this movie definitely is a staple. Um, and then, of course, you got the scream queen of all time, Jamie Lee Curtis. Well, this one's weird, too, because uh, Halloween, the first two were Michael Myers, but then they did the, that wasn't it Halloween 3, they tried to change the genre and claim that Halloween as a film genre was an anthology and it wasn't all meant to be Michael Myers. I thought the third one, I didn't see the third one. I thought that one was not Michael Myers. Correct. Yeah, it was Halloween 3 Season of the Witch, and it's kind of about this company that's producing these, or they're not haunted masks, but they're masks that are designed to basically kill the kids that wear them at Halloween, and it was, (laughs) it's it's wacky. (laughs) It was originally hated by the fans, but then came full circle, and it's a super popular cult classic now. And that was the only one that was non-Michael Myers related, right? Yep, and that's why Halloween 4, in the title, it's Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers, because fans were so pissed that's that he funny. wasn't in the third one. That's right. That's right. So, yes, we all agree on Halloween. John Carpenter's the man. Um, number two, I have The Blair Witch Project Ooh. for so many reasons, mm-hmm. because for those of you who are old enough to remember, there was a time before the internet or really with the young internet where people thought that this movie may have been real or there was just enough suspension of disbelief that you could have, you could have thought that. And, um, it, you know, it, it did a lot. It spawned, um, low budget horror, just going gangbusters. That's kind of true though, as we talked about with Halloween, but yeah, I mean like you don't get paranormal activity if you don't get 
Blair Witch Project. It's all these found footage movies. It kind of put that genre on the map. So I'll kick it to you guys. Anything for Blair Witch? I will say that for me, the young internet made this so believable because I remember very specifically, I don't know if it was on the poster. I'm guessing it was like where, you know, it's still early on in the internet where it would, if it showed a .com, you'd go to it. And like the Blair Witch, whatever dot com, Blair Witch Project, whatever, uh, it all it was was um, it almost seemed like you were researching for a book report. Like it looked like encyclopedia, like or just like old school pictures with like, hey, here was like the video that we found. Here was the last time we saw this. Here was footprints, and it was just like this huge evidence package, basically, of like to support what the movie was about, and it just like made you go further down this rabbit hole with uh, not a lot of answers because nobody knew the movie wasn't out yet. Like, so you knew, didn't know what it was. Uh, and uh, so it just made it like, I just remember going with friends and like friends being so scared after this movie and like, just wanting to know more information and like, we're so freaked out by it. It was awesome. Yeah. I remember that. I think that was one of the first, like, uh, uh, in real life viral campaigns I was kind of a part of because I remember they did kind of drop a lot of stuff that showed and, and try to play into that whole you know this is real type of vibe yeah I remember going to see this too in the theater as well as things you know like sneaking in some some flasks and whoop, whoop. you know having some drink while I watched I think it was in California at the time um, around the Sacramento area and watching this but yeah it was great in the ending boy oh i loved it it's creepy (laughs) yeah Yeah, so good perfect those were the days but yeah everything (laughs) leading up to that film was was awesome and all like the you know even like before like even beyond like the early internet it was kind of reminiscent too of like being a kid and like kids would like tell you stuff you know james it'd be like um kids telling you like uh, it's like secrets in Super Mario Brothers, and you didn't know if they were real or not. Oh yeah, and most of sure. them weren't. And then, like, <laughs> still this Blair Rip, Blair Witch, you'd get like the well, I heard or or I saw or that was great. That was a great experience. Blair Witch number two. Um, okay, so for three and four, I got a couple of oldies here, oldies but goodies. So number three is, and I went back and forth, man, between Dawn of the Dead, or but I had to go with the OG. I had to go with Night of the Living Dead, George Romero. So we kind of had zombie movies, kind of. I mean, there's I walked with the zombie and white zombie. I think Boris Karloff's in at least one of those, if not both. But this is kind of where George Romero took, um, you know, the undead, and basically married it with social commentary and we were off from there. And you know, this begets fast zombies begets 28 days later, begets Zack Snyder's Dawn of the dead remake. You know, we get the walking dead. We go on like a zombie fucking binge in the two thousands, but it kind of all starts here. And fun fact, this movie is public domain. So if we ever want to release a movie time machine version of night of the living dead food for thought. Oh yeah. That could be our, our live video stream. There we go. Yeah. Do a little MSTK and but with a little respect. Yeah. Yeah. This is the one, right? This is the old black and white one. Yeah. At the farmhouse. The farmhouse. Yeah. Yeah. I think I just watched that for the first time, like all the way through. Um, 
within the last five years. Because I remember uh, that place we used to work at together and go on those coffee walks. I thought I remember sharing it with you and I was just like totally blown away. I was like, wow, this was so good. Yeah, films too. It's like short and sweet. Short and sweet. And it's it's nice because the terror kind of grows slowly. You know, they're slow. They're stupid. You can get away from them fast, but then you stay in one place and more of them show up and more of them show up. And suddenly they're all around the house and you're like, well, shit, now what do we do? We're trapped and we got to get out of here. So oh, that's cool. I'm, I'm glad you appreciated it, Chad. Have you seen Dawn of the Dead? The original? No, I have not. Okay. Check it out. That one's worth your time. Right. I'll mark it. That one's worth your time. Marked. Marked. Um, Casey James, any any zombie stuff? Or I can keep on going. You know, zombie movies were not really a genre I got super into. I haven't seen a lot of the classics, so I don't have a lot to add. I don't have a lot. Fair to enough. Add. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't have a lot to add with the classics. I think that the Dawn of the Dead... Um, which is that one of Zack Snyder's first movies? Um, yeah, yeah, like that was probably one of the first zombie movies I had uh, really ever seen, and I really, really enjoyed that one. Um, and then otherwise, uh, I got into like the first like three seasons of Walking Dead. But as far as like, I tried watching the Romero Living Dead one. Um, I don't know, probably like about fifteen years ago, and I hate to say it, but it was like I don't think I was in the mood because it was too slow, and I didn't even give it enough time. Uh, so I just I was like, you know, this is what I'm going to throw away for now uh, and come back to it when I'm in a better uh, mindset to watch this, because I'm sure it's going to be awesome. That's fair. Yeah. And you kind of have to. It, it, it is old. I, I grant you that. So I, I wouldn't begrudge you for setting the scene like it'd be nice at the drive, like the first feature to drive in or something like that, if that still takes place anywhere in this country. Um, that would be fun. Yeah, there's <laughs> like three, right? <laughs> that would That'd yeah. be awesome to see that a drive in. Yeah. Um, okay, number four, it's Hitchcock Psycho. And this is where, you know, I, I feel like I didn't bring enough research to the table, but I Psycho's still great, still super watchable. And um it's uh kind of you could say it, you know, maybe Halloween doesn't belong on this list without Psycho. Um, you know, Norman Bates and it's it kind of introduced along with so many other things the twist you know spoiler alert for psycho is our protagonist is killed about half an hour into the movie and i i don't think you know it's that's kind of understood now but at the time that was not the way things went super unexpected so it kind of paved the way for subverting expectations and um you know building tension that way so psycho yeah, it's one I haven't seen in a very long time, but that's a classic. That's one of those those movies that pulled me into Alfred Hitchcock. Um, opened up that world and like catching like the re- reruns of the Alfred Hitchcock was like classics or whatever. I think it was Alfred maybe, Hitchcock like, presents presents. Yeah, wasn't it like little like shorter episodes of kind of Twilight Zone esque versions of like yeah yeah suspense and horror but yeah psycho that's a classic too when uh when you were talking about blair witch earlier it kind of made me think of psycho because i remember i don't know if it was in the 
Hitchcock movie they made with uh, when Anthony Hopkins was Hitchcock or if it's something I read somewhere. Um, but they were talking about how they were so tight lipped with what was going to happen in Psycho and like the biggest like thing going around Hollywood or at the movie theaters was like, do not ruin this for your friends. Don't be that asshole. Like, uh, yeah, you know, there was just this huge plan employee of like, hey, see Psycho don't talk about it. Like let don't ruin this for everybody else. And that's kind of what it made me think about with Blair, Witch. but the cool thing with Blair, Witch was I think so many of us were in such disbelief or like of what we not even disbelief or such belief, I guess of what we saw that like, we couldn't ruin it. Like we were all like terrified and it probably amped it up more for people. Um, where this one, I get it. It's a, like at the end, it's a story, but like we didn't want to ruin it for anybody who hadn't seen it. So, um, it was probably, one of the first uh, campaigns for, hey, no spoiler alerts. Spoilers. Or no spoilers. Spoilers. Yeah. No, I think you're absolutely right, James. Um, all right, I'm going to land the plane here. So I, like I said, I, I kept a ton of my favorites off this list. Shining's not here. Uh, the Thing's not here. Alien's not here. I just didn't know if they influence the genre beyond the films that they made in the subsequent films in their franchise. And, you know, I r- room to grow here. Um, I, I kept Ringu off cause that kind of kicked off this run of Japanese J horror movies that got remade um, into American versions. But my number five is get out um, Jordan Peele. And I think he's the most, one of the most important uh, directors in horror right now. Um, this is the film that obviously kicked it off. And, you know, I, I can't think of, as many films of my lifetime that hit the zeitgeist like a fucking chainsaw when this movie came out and he um kind of you know what he did was take these um visceral internal psychological things that we say and do to each other culturally in this case mostly white people to black people and make a full-blown horror movie out of it and it was it still remains one of my favorites of all time. So room to grow here. He also made us, which I thought was awesome. Um, recently came out with Nope, which I need to revisit. Didn't dig it, but appreciated what it was. Um, need to revisit. So any thoughts on Get Out, Jordan Peele? Yeah, that was. I love that movie. I love Jordan Peele. Um, you know everything from his comedy history. I think then he start out like on um, was it Mad TV? And then to, um, you know, Key and Peele. And then, yeah, this stuff is just awesome. I love it. I remember we went to this movie kind of on a whim. We were going to go see something else, I think. And it was just like, oh, I heard somebody on a podcast talking about Get Out and whatever. And it's Jordan Peele. And I like, decided to go out and like was not, I don't know. I was totally blown away. And us is great, and I haven't seen Nope, so um, we've been talking about that a while to rent that and check that out. But yeah, really like. Um, I would say one thing maybe that wasn't on here that I think maybe this this director is maybe underrated. Oh, um, tell it is Robert Eggers. So I know we, we have oh, the, yep. the Witch, we have the Lighthouse. Um. Uh, the Northman. I don't think it's as it's not really a horror movie, but now he has Nosferatu, um, coming out here soon. So, 
But yeah, the witch. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Maybe he's just kind of one of his own. Um, but I'd be interested if anyone is influenced. He's 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 a like a master of like fine detail and period pieces though too. So it may not fit your yeah. category of most influential. Well, in no, that's a good call. And I knew there were going to be omissions. And yeah, I guess my rebuttal would be maybe you know just the witch and uh, well, I guess the lighthouse counts too. But yeah, who else is reading 17th century texts and bringing it into their scripts? But <laughs> I agree, Chad. I, I knew that there was going to be ones that were left off that would totally qualify. I'd say, uh, Chad, you're on to something with The Witch. That movie, like, I, uh, that one's one I don't want to watch again soon. And not, not The whole movie was shot really beautifully, I guess, like you said, with period piece uh, as that goes. But just the end, like, last 20 minutes, I'm like, no, I'm just, I still feel uncomfortable. <laughs> like, I don't know. It was, what did they call that damn goat? Black Billy or whatever? Oh, yeah. It was <laughs> Black Phillip. Black oh, my Phillip. God. Yeah, just like, I'm, me thinking about it, like, freaks me out right now. That's the, that's a movie that Jamie says that he won't have in his house, right? Yeah, I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious. <laughs> I I won't have that at my house. I'm my stitious. It's great. Yeah. Um, and then this one, uh, I think all of your picks were fantastic, Jamie. Uh, but like, I was just like in my head, the movie that I'd say scared me the most um, that I will watch again because I've seen it many times now. But uh, Event Horizon, I don't think it was anything amazing. I don't think it like was a staple like you were picking for your movies. But as far as horror movies go, that one is one I would always throw on my list of uh, if it was just top five horror movies, nothing special with the genre. That one's fun, James, and I think that one falls into the category of like maybe under the radar because I don't know a ton of people who have seen that movie, but I agree. It's freaky as hell. Mm. Um, Chad, way to throw me down this rabbit hole with the web archive of the Blair Witch Project website. Yeah, I'm like I'm getting maybe I'm getting chills about uh, talking about the witch movie because now I'm reading like this like the uh this like uh what is it the mythology of the Blair Witch Project like straight from the site and I'm like yes this is exactly what I read like in whatever whenever this came out like 97 and it freaked me out like uh because it just was like it reads like a true archive and there's no uh, there was no time uh, or during that anything you would research on this this is the only thing that would pop up on the internet because <laughs> yeah. it was the only thing that existed yeah. so I just I just made crazy. note of here I'm gonna put that link into the podcast description so Anyone that's listening can go check that out. Eleven witnesses testified to seeing a pale woman's hand reach up and pull 10-year-old Eileen Tretchell into Tappy East Creek. Her body is never recovered. And for 13 days after the drowning of the creek is clogged with oily bundles of sticks. August 1825. <laughs> and now every time you go walk in in the woods when you see a, like a clustered bundle of sticks. Oh my God. You always think about the Blair every Ridge. time. <laughs> I have it somewhere out to share when I find it sometime, but this was a couple of years ago. We were out uh, walking some of the trails down by uh, Faribault and there had been a tree that tipped over and just like the way, like the roots were splayed out and the, um, it was, the tree was on top of like, uh, like sandstone, you know, it was like a mixture of sandstone and like, and it was all stuck to the bottom of the tree. Then all these roots like splayed out, like kind of like a a crown of thorns esque. <laughs> I 
I like this look oh, weird. Yeah. That's weird. But it gave me some major uh, Blair Witch vibes. Woof. Ooh. So uh, the last thing I'll say, because there was one omission that I couldn't um, go without mentioning. It's I, I tried to get Wes Craven on this list some somehow, somewhere. And maybe I'll, I'll bump off Psycho, but I just think Scream was so important for the 90s and just um, kind of reinvented the genre and kind of did that self-reflective thing so yeah Wes Craven belongs on here somewhere if there was a way to squeeze a number between four and five but honorable mention that's right all right hey good list yeah that was awesome so we had Casey Jamie and I think uh, next week we will pull James top five in the picture so thank you for listening this week Uh, happy holidays winter darkness um catch you next time bye bye bye, bye. bye.